0: Good morning. Hello. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to The Lowdown with Shelly Brown. I'm Shelly. I'm Christy. And of course, we have the producer Let's head it over to his seat. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you for joining us. Um, we are continuing our conversation this week, uh, part two of intergener- intergenerational <laughs> Communication. There we
1: go. I yeah, like you it. got it. Good you job. Got it.
0: <laughs> Maybe you could <can laughs> edit good. that part out. Like the
1: <laughs> I don't know. It kind of works.
0: Like and now like at this it. point, we've
1: said so much about it that there's no going it, there's back. No going back.
0: <laughs> so before we get into that, um, I did want to just congratulate our drivers um 37 days of goal getting out Woo! and looking. Woo! And tomorrow is I guess 38, which is the record. So Saturday, hopefully, we'll reach that. It's gonna
2: be a good day. 39, mm-hmm. first day of spring, and let's make a new record. I like nice. it. Yes, go for it. New beginnings, fresh Yay, beginnings. See? I yes. like that. Um,
0: and then five days, uh, no preventable DOT reportable accidents. So nice. keep doing it. Every day is a good day. Every day is another day to to keep that streak going. So Absolutely. We appreciate everything you guys do and uh, the focus that. You provide on the road, and I'm excited for those numbers. We'll keep checking in each morning with you, Dylan and Sir Rick, and Drive Safe Day. Yeah. So as far as the communication part, um, I think we kind of wrapped up, you know, different things of different generations and different stereotypes and different um, descriptions of the types of people that come from different eras, if that makes sense. Yes. Um, And, you know, one of the things that I I, and we didn't even get to it. We wanted to talk about how we reduce those stereotypes. You know, what is the key to treating people equally, but not necessarily the same? I think self-awareness is really important. Um, We've talked about that, I think, in the past. Um, And I really think that's kind of key to managing those differences and treating everyone with the same respect.
1: 100%. And I think it kind of goes hand in hand, that self-awareness with just also kind of checking how you speak to other people Mm -hmm. from different generations. Um, You got to kind of follow the lingo of the times or at least keep it neutral. Um, Everybody's going to have different vernacular of their time. And so it's... Best to kind of keep it neutral and keep it standard so that you guys can communicate better than just being like, hey, fellow kids, what's <laughs> yes. up? What's going on? What's kicking it, uh, dog?
2: <laughs> you right. Well, I think it kind of goes back to what we touched on last week also with the finding a common ground. So yeah. when you share those stories and you get to know somebody a little more personally, mm-hmm. then – Again, you get rid of any generalization you might have about them, but you also don't see age or gender or race or any of that. You're just speaking to another person because now you've got something in common and then it just makes any language barriers you may have had right. much easier and kind mm-hmm. of disappear.
0: I, and I think the common commonality. So it could be a common vision, a purpose, a goal, something that creates a sense of unity or. um
2: We're in this together.
0: Yeah, just that common, okay, we're both working towards a goal. We may be in different lanes, but we're both going towards that same goal. And I think that actually does translate into better communication overall. And I think, and this kind of goes into the safety. You know, we all have this mentality that we want to create a safe trucking company and a safe culture and where everything revolves around safety and um where our first goal is always safety. And I think when we do that, all of us, no matter if we're 22 or 42 or 62, we all can.
2: um, 41, thank you.
0: (laughs) No, I wasn't talking about you. I know. (laughs) But I like that. That's funny. Um, But we can all go towards the same same goal. And so we can all um, communicate the same way because we are all working towards that same goal.
2: Yes. And I think it goes, I think maybe it was on a Zoom meeting we were on um, where Rick was talking about team. And, you know, I think that's part of it too. And remembering that we are all on the same team, no Mm -hmm. matter what aspect of the team you are, no matter what part, you know, your customer service, your driver, your HR, your producer, we're all one big team and we're Mm -hmm. all working towards the same goal, as you said. So it's not that any one person's job is more important. We're all trying to do the same thing. So, we're all a piece of that. Exactly. Absolutely.
0: I think um we also it's it's nice for our company because I feel like we all recognize the value and the experience of our drivers. Um, and that we are, and we say this all the time, and I'll say it again. Um, we, we're not here without our drivers. We're not here without their Definitely. their experience and um the value that they bring to the company. Their experience plays right into the goal of safety because they're going to use that experience. They're going to use that mindset of I'm going to be a safe driver um, to ultimately help us to become that company or keep us on that same track to be the safest trucking company. Yes,
2: yes, because they're the ones that are out on the road and seeing it every Mm -hmm. day. You know, you see what the four wheelers are doing. It's still very hard for me to say four wheelers without just thinking. It's
1: like a four wheeler.
2: (laughs) Yes, yes. (laughs) Yeah, but, you know, you see it firsthand. We do not. So we definitely, you know, learn from you and take our cues that way. Yeah. Agreed.
1: And just like intergenerational relationships, relationships with people in different fields, if you know, such as being in HR and then talking to somebody who's a driver, you have to employ some of the same strategies to form relationships as you would whenever you're talking to somebody from a different generation. And the same goes for a driver talking to Somebody in HR, somebody in the office, a lot of us aren't former drivers. I mean, I say a lot of us, a handful of us are, or a lot of us aren't. Mm-hmm. And so we don't know what it's like, and we don't know the terminology of the road. Or if we do, it took years and years of being in the office and being a driver manager or a CSR person who has gotten that experience. So it, we're never going to really know what it's like. And in the same way that we will never know what it's like to drive, I will never know what it's like to live in the 50s and 60s or whatever. You know, like it's just part of it's part of that. So
0: identifying the differences and acknowledging our own mindset and our own beliefs and our own biases and and, uh, all of those things that have to do with our perspective. If we're identifying and making sure that we're not using those biases and those perspectives um, to view someone else, I think is really important because if you open yourself up to the other person's perspective and beliefs and their own experiences, it helps you to communicate with them better. And I think I think we've talked about this several times, but it can't be not talked about enough i mm-hmm. i feel like communication is always we could always do better oh for sure yes every single day i have mm-hmm. to make a decision to communicate effectively that's not something that oh i learned how to communicate you know i know how to do this <laughs> right. um it's you every never day it. you, you <laughs> never master it you're it's always ne- learning and growing i ne- i don't know one person that is Perfect at communicating mm-hmm. with all audiences. I, yeah. I've never met that person. Um, if you have, please send them my way. Right? I'd like to know <laughs> what the secret is. But all of these things help us to um, communicate better. Are there other things that you think would be helpful for people who are of ge- different generations to try to get their perspective? Like, what would be a way that somebody from a certain era could? communicate, and learn from others from other eras.
1: I think it just comes down to identifying the things that you don't know about the other generations that you think would be helpful. And for example, I think viewpoints and stances on anything, really. I mean, we, mm-hmm. every generation mm-hmm. has a pretty defined stance on certain things. And I think going to the source of that and seeing why that stance is what people are taking is important because I think that context helps a lot and you can get that other side of it. Uh, let me think of a more concrete example of that so it's not just like, <laughs> hey, somebody has a different <laughs> opinion. You can ask them about that. Right. But really, uh, is
0: it that simple? It. But yeah, yeah, it,
1: true. It's It's not that simple at all, but it is something to think about. So, for example, I'm sure my parents have a much better understanding of the housing market and of things that surrounds that and probably have a stance on how they view buying versus renting, Mm -hmm. right? So I have a certain stance on that as well. You know, I personally, in my own experience, have seen that renting has typically done better for me than it would be to buy and then stay stagnant. Whereas I think my parents are much more buy, stay stagnant, and here's why. And Mm -hmm. I would not be able to understand that viewpoint unless I asked them because they lived through a time where it was better to just simply already own something and not have to lose it all or something like that or already have a baseline for it. And so I think if you have two different viewpoints on an issue and it's a butting heads between two different generational people, then it's best to see where that viewpoint started with the other person. And then it will help you better understand not only their argument, but also that person. So
2: I agree. Yeah. I think it, I think that goes with always being willing to learn and grow and listen, because I think that's a lot of it is we all grow up a certain way. And a lot of your stances come from how you were raised or what you saw your past experience. But then the older we get, we get set in our ways And, (laughs) you know, some of us can be stubborn and don't want to change. And I think that's when you get the butting of the heads. If you always know that you need to be growing and opinions can change just because you felt one way for so long doesn't mean that feeling another way is wrong, you know, or that you were wrong that whole time. You just might see it from another perspective that you had never thought of because it had never been in front of you before. And then it's like oh, okay. now I can see why that person thinks that kind of almost comes down to, you know, anyone that lived through the depression Mm -hmm. and, you know, then you understand why they stock up on everything because they've been there before where you are like, I can just go to the store and buy it if I run out. Like, I don't need to buy in bulk. What are you doing that for? Well, nobody's wrong. Both ways are right. But because they had been through it, they just grew up with that fear that I may not be able to get it. Right. So I think if you're just, you know, always learning and listening to other people, and again, it doesn't mean that your way was wrong. It's easy to adapt.
0: I think it creates a certain civility. You can have your own opinions about things um, and still be accepting of others and and say, okay, we we have different opinions of this. It doesn't mean that you're right or I'm wrong or whatever. It just means that we're, you know, a Mm -hmm. different capacity in this particular aspect. But I think— Again, we keep saying it It all goes back to communication and creating a safe environment where we feel all appreciated and that we're all working towards the same goal. Mm-hmm. Um, we talked about positivity a few weeks back, and I truly think that our culture has helped to facilitate that, to try to encourage that. And in turn, when you are more positive with others, you tend to be more open. You tend to um, be more accepting. You tend to be willing to listen, to yes. communicate. Um, and that does make for a better culture in general. Oh, yeah.
2: Because if you're negative, you don't want to listen to anything.
0: <laughs> I don't want
2: to hear what <laughs> you have <No>. to say. <laughs> Leave Not me alone. Don't speak bit. to me.
0: <laughs> you know, and going back to like workplace culture, that is so important, I think, nowadays, because I can go and work it anywhere. I can get a paycheck anywhere. Um, What matters to me, and it may be my age, is where I work and the environment that I have. That's super, super important. That is on the high end of my priority list Mm -hmm. Um, because I I want to want to go to work. You know, we all have to have a job. We all have to go to work, you know, that's... But if I feel like I get to go to work and I get to go to a place where I'm comfortable, and yeah, there are stressful days, that doesn't discount that, but I feel like... That I'm working towards a goal as a as a community and as a culture. We're all working towards that. And I feel like we all see that.
2: And, and what is it they say? Do what you love and you'll never work a day in
0: your yeah, life. Yeah, there you go.
2: I like <laughs> yeah. that. Yeah. I, 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 I forgot mean, about that one. Yeah, because it is true. Like we spend the majority, we've spoken about this before, the majority of our waking hours we spend at, at work. work. So why be miserable and do it, you know, because like you said, it's yes, we have to have a paycheck, but try and not everyone has the luxury of finding some correct. I get that. Sometimes, you know, you're thrown into a circumstance. You've just got to work and make that money and you never have that opportunity. But if you can find that, it really will make life more fulfilling.
0: Well, there's actually I was reading an article and the stat was three in 10 Americans, which you know, if you equate that, 30% said their workplace culture has made them irritable at home. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, I really yeah. thought that number would be higher.
2: I would think so, too. Genuinely yeah.
1: thought it would be higher. Yeah. I feel like most places I've worked have made me irritable at home. Yes, so.
2: <laughs> and it's very hard to just leave it at yeah. the door. Like, yeah. you can't. I've, I've Some people have told me before what they do is when they get home, they'll, you know, if they know they're about to just walk into the hustle and bustle. Because, of course, you know, if you've got little ones or, you know, Mm -hmm. you can't just walk in and decompress. So a lot of people said that they will when they pull in their garage, just take five minutes or so and just sit and kind of try to start over, you know, refresh and leave work at work. And then, you know, much easier said than done. We can't it all is. do that.
0: It is. And <laughs> but I, if you can try. If you've seen me and some of the office, office people have seen me because um, they've questioned me about it, I'll sit out there for five, mi- ten minutes in my car before I leave um, because I have a little bit of a drive. So um, I want to be mentally... In a a good space to be able to drive home and be safe. And at the same time, it also has to do with mentally preparing to go home and put on the mom hat, Mm -hmm. you know, Um, work my second job. Um, (laughs) And so the I and I love that, uh, you know, but there has to be that, you know, that division for me personally. That's
2: how I'm able to. Um, work productively in both capacities. Well, yeah, because you don't want to go home and snap at the little ones because of something that happened at work. Because to them, they don't understand that they're just excited.
0: Mom's home. I know. It's (laughs) playtime. You know, it was earlier this week. um, I had walked in and I was late like usual. And my sweet husband was sitting in the recliner and my kids were eating and They had just got done eating, and they were putting, throwing everything away, and I literally walked in. I still had everything in my hands, and they're like, mommy, guess what this, and I mean, and um, if you've listened to the show, I have twins, and um, so they're both going at the same time, and I just, I'm listening, and I'm smiling, and I'm just, uh uh uh-huh, uh-huh, and of course, what does Chad do? Because he's a good spouse. Hey, guys. She just walked in the door. Give her a minute. Oh. Like, you know, to be aware of that. And I'm, but I was trying very hard to focus on them and they were excited to tell me something because there's going to come a day where they don't even talk to me. Exactly. So I'm
2: trying to treasure those yes. moments. So walk in the door <laughs> and they've grown up and moved out and it's quiet. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Anybody?
1: It's going to be okay. <laughs> it's going to be okay. I to promise. You be my counselor. <laughs> You'll be all right.
2: See, the other side
0: of the culture. Um, aspect is not just how it affects us at home, but how it affects us actually at work, too. The cost of turnover, uh, and I believe Sir Rick has talked about it a ton, you know, is is crazy. Um, as an industry, you know, we have high turnover for drivers um, and generally, you know, as a whole, not anything specific, but it's just one of those um, industries that there is a lot of high turnover. Um, it's in demand. There's always a shortage of drivers. And so it's up to the company, whoever they are, whether it's us or somebody else, it's up to them to make sure that they're really investing in the drivers, investing yes. in the company. And I, I feel like we do a pretty good job of that. But the thing is, what people don't realize is if we have a low turnover, we actually have more funds to invest back in, <laughs> you know, it's <laughs> yes, so we're not we having to spend more. money on turnover. Yes. Um. And, and it really is that simple. If, if, you know, our goal is to keep the turnover low so that we can invest those monies back into other aspects. It could be the drivers. It could be the equipment, you know, the a quality support staff, you know, things like that. And so that's always something that we strive for. It's not just because we want to retain the driver. We obviously want to do that. But it's because as a whole, if we're able to resolve things, you know, frustrations or concerns before they leave or, you know, before it gets to a point where they feel like they need to leave, that actually is super beneficial for everyone.
2: Yeah. It's kind of like watering your foundation. Yeah. It's much easier to do the little bit and do the soaker hose and maintain Mm -hmm. when it's still new and then you have more money to, you know, maybe go on vacation or do things right. versus you just don't do anything with it. And then you have a huge crack and you need to go drop 10 to 20 oh. grand, grand on new foundation. Oh my and gosh. who wants to spend money on that's not, right. fun. Yes. that's not fun at all. But I do agree with that because I've even had drivers say to us, you know, there are d- other opportunities out there where I could make more money. But I stay here because of the culture and because yes. of what y'all are working towards. And I believe in that and, you know, things like that. So it definitely does pay off.
0: And I love, I love, love, love hearing that. Yes. Um, because it, again, reinforces what we're doing here. Then
2: you feel like, oh. Okay, they,
0: they see what we're doing. Sometimes yes. it's like, does anybody see us? <laughs> yes. Do you see what we're trying to do I here? promise it's for the best. <laughs> um, especially producer. I, Dylan, I think um, you would be able to identify with that because you're working extremely hard to produce this amazing safety show twice a day. These other specialty shows, put it out into the world, um, either uh, for the podcasts or the videos. And it takes a lot of work and you don't always get to see the benefit, you know, and how many people are actually getting the benefit or hearing the words of why safety is important. And here's some tips on how to be a safer driver and what's going on, you know, X, Y, Z. So I I think you can kind of identify with that.
1: I mean, I can. I I, also, I think you guys overestimate my job quite a bit. Once you know, (laughs) once you know, once you know how to do these things, it's not, it's not that hard. It's actually pretty streamlined. No, but, see, we need
2: to have a side chat. That's when you're like, oh, yeah, it is. It, nobody can just step into my <laughs> shoes. This okay. is a very difficult Very job. difficult Very job. demanding. It's,
1: but I, I think a lot of times I get a little bit, I wouldn't say self-conscious, but just like in myself about it. Mostly because I know that everybody else here is like working directly towards the drivers and helping out and making money for the company and helping develop that. Whereas I'm just kind of putting videos out (laughs) and I don't know. I I would like to I'm glad that I'm able to contribute to the culture, although I sometimes wish I could have more monetary value for the company, though. I know that that's not always the case, but yes. But I can see where you
2: could you are an asset towards the monetary value, because even if one driver gets something good out of, say, this podcast, something they heard that makes them be a safer driver or communicate better or do something, or make a better decision. They wouldn't have heard that if you didn't put it out there. So I can see the side where you are contributing to absolutely the culture and everything, because, again, if you weren't doing any of this, nobody would hear it. And it might just, you know, it just needs to resonate with one to make a difference. Absolutely.
0: And it really is that simple. Like and I know I've talked to drivers and like, ah, I'm just I'm just a driver. You know, the driver's. Every single driver matters. Every single yes. employee matters. Every single person that is contributing towards the goal of being a safer company matters. And so what we may think, you know, you may think, oh, I'm not really, you know, I'm just I'm just doing this. But all of those things, it's a ripple effect. Um, and it really is just about one person making them rethink something where later on, they may make a better decision and prevent an accident. Mm-hmm. Um, and ultimately, that was because of of your skill and, and what you were doing and got their attention and got in their brain and
2: exactly. well,
1: the I mean, rest a, is history. A lot of it has to do with the drivers, too. I mean, they're making the good decisions out there. And I know I've changed some driving habits right, since being here. Right, haven't we all? Hopefully. Yeah, no, me sure. too, for sure. For sure. sure. Yes, yeah. yes. I mean, I was never like a super unsafe driver. I never was like speeding super fast or anything. I don't, I don't, I feel out of control whenever I do that anyways. But definitely much more aware of everybody else on the road mm-hmm. and being yes. like, all right, I'm going to, uh, I see this guy's going to come in. He's definitely <laughs> going to cut me off. Yeah. I'm just going to let him cut yeah. me off because I know what's going to happen. Uh-huh. And then just,
2: And maybe more aware of how much room it really requires for you to get in front of a truck. Of a
1: truck, yeah. Yeah, because,
2: you know, we just think, oh, it's a car length or two. They have, it's plenty Mm -hmm. of room until you watch the videos. And it's like, why are you doing that? Why are you doing (laughs) that?
0: Stop. stop it. Yes. A hundred percent. I think I was uh, in a meeting and we were just kind of talking and I, that was a big thing. Like I've worked for other transportation companies, but obviously, and maybe, Some people can identify, you know, safety wasn't the priority. Not that we weren't trying to be safe, but that, you know, there were other priorities ahead of that. And here, it really is about the safety. And so we talk about it and we, you know, every more than any other company that I've ever heard of. And we were sitting there talking and I had said that I didn't realize that I wasn't being as a defensive driver as I should be Mm -hmm. and being more aware of the limitations of the drive, you know, the, the big trucks, you know? And so from then on, you know, I was constantly aware, okay, I know they can't see me here or, you know, I, I need to move here or I need to just wait a minute. Cause he m- kind of looks like he might tr- be trying to get over Yes, giving them time to be able to do that. You know, just all of those decisions now are very different. I'm much more of a defensive driver. Um, I'm much more, aware of what I'm doing and how that impacts them. But then I'm also kind of noticing the ones that aren't that great.
1: Yes. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> you, you the other day. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So I and
0: went, I'm like, that's not a BCB drive. Well, no,
1: not even a little bit. So Chelsea and I went to Corpus this past weekend to visit my parents. And so it's like a six hour drive. It ended up being like seven hours. It was, I was exhausted. Not, uh-huh. not necessary for the story, but Every single, I did see one BCB driver on the road and that was cool, but every single truck it felt like was on me the Uh. entire way. And there was this this one driver who's coming in and he's like in a flatbed truck or flat, he's towing a flatbed trailer and he comes up, I'm in the middle lane, speeds past me, immediately cuts me off, keeps going, slows down right into me. Goes back into the other lane, slows down again, and so I'm coming back up, you know, doing like 60 the whole Mm -hmm. time. And then he comes back up and does it again. I'm like, dude, what are, just,
2: what are, you, just, doing? What are you doing? Just, a just stop. stop, it, stop.
1: <laughs> just stop. Uh, listen to BCB Live right. uh, every, <laughs> every day from 7 a.m. to <laughs> Maybe maybe
2: we need to get one of those marketing like s- things on your car. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Advertising. <laughs> Do you need driving lessons? Exactly. Please listen to
0: BCB Live. <laughs> Please tune in. It is so
1: free. It is so free. Yes.
0: <laughs> I, I, you know, and I I love when I see a BCB driver and I, I love, love, love because the few experiences where I've had to see a BCB driver I was so impressed because they really were doing everything that we talk about and there was one day that I actually was on 287 and I was watching this one driver and he was just doing everything the right way and everybody he everybody else was against this dude I mean mm-hmm. the traffic was crazy everybody's trying to speed around him cutting him off and he just creating that space creating that space you know and I just I loved seeing that and I was back and giving space, you know, Mm -hmm. and watching it all kind of happen. And and it was, it made me so proud. And I wasn't even the one driving the (laughs) truck. Like, but I just, again, it's, it reminded me of what we're working towards and what this company represents, the culture that we are working towards. It's not just the operations people. It's not just the DMs and the drivers. It really is HR and our production and, uh, you know, Equipment and all billing, you know, everybody yeah. that is here, we're all creating this culture that I'm super proud of. Well, I guess
2: that I kind of wraps up time go away so fast. I know.
0: I I always <laughs> am so surprised when it's over. Yes. Um, we really appreciate you joining us. Uh please, please, please. I hope you got something out of out of it today. And if so, please tune in next week, ten o'clock Thursdays. We'll be here.